Well, welcome to God's house this morning. Pastor Tony, if you're watching online, welcome to you. Also, we're going to start in this last week of our series on bringing really Jesus into every one of our relationships. We're going to start with a short activity that you can even do in your home or in your room, wherever you are. We're going to do that. But before we do that, I just want to talk to those who are strictly watching online. And I want, want you, if you can right now as you're watching, can you go to faithtroy.org forward slash at home. We want to get to know you better. We want to get to connect with you uh, uh, because you're watching there. You can't either can't come to this place or, or not yet ready to come back. We want to just connect. So there's a few questions and answer there, and if you could just take some moments to do that, would be awesome. Um, as uh, we're going to do this short activity, here's what I'd like, okay? It's just for 30 seconds, and what I'm going to do is be totally silent. 30 seconds, okay? Um, when I say go, 30 seconds, because what I want you to do now, just a little instruction, I want you to listen to every sound that you hear in this room. Just short activity. Are you ready? In three, no, <laughs> five, four, I have to do it on the half hour. Three, two, one, go. And time. Not a rhetorical question, but what did you hear? Say what? Sneezing, yeah. Thanks for the person who did it over this side, yeah. Good timing. What else? Air condition, yeah. A baby. Yeah, well, there was a baby in the last service, too. What else? Silence. A what? A cough, yeah. Did you have your hands raised? All right. Yeah, good. So here's what we're doing. We're talking today about listening. And we're in the sermon series about bringing Jesus into every relationship. And we're learning from the master, basically. Because he's a master at having spiritual conversations that went right to the heart. And how he, did, how he did that is that he demonstrated these skills that as his followers, we get to do. We get to notice, we get to pray, we get to listen. If you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about noticing. And when, when Jesus shows the heart of God, when, he, when God himself shows his heart about noticing, remember that Egyptian slave girl, Hagar, that, that God notices. Jesus, he sees, he notices the crowds and he has compassion on them. And because we are his followers, he wants us to do the same. People that we notice every day or maybe people that we don't notice. Maybe we just go by, right? The person at the coffee shop or somebody at your school that, that, that God would draw your heart. And then we, Pastor RJ last weekend said in prayer then that we could come to Jesus asking two questions. Do you remember those questions? Jesus, who do you want me to encourage today? And how do you want me to encourage them? Simple two questions in prayer to bring Jesus into every relationship. Today we're talking about listening, and that's a skill really that isn't easy to master, especially for extroverts like me, because I want to talk more than, than I speak. Introverts, you have it a, a little better, a little easier, but still, 
because Jesus did that, because God commands it, we're going to talk about it. And it's important to clarify first that listening, it's not the same as hearing. The reason I had you do that exercise is we had to stop. We had to stop and pay attention, to pay attention to what's really going on. Because really, hearing is something can just go in, right, one ear and go out the other. But listening is a different story. Scientifically, that's, that's hearing is when these sound vibrations, right? They create this, this uh, physical response in our ears. But listening is different. It goes beyond hearing, doesn't it? It requires this, that we focus on what's being heard and we pay close attention. And here's the thing. I think in our society today that unfortunately we're really, it's harder, it's harder I think, to listen. How so? Digital distractions, multitasking, social media overload. I mean, how many times do we try to maintain a conversation we have a cell phone in our hand, right? My kids, they laugh at me because, you know, when I'm texting somebody at church or I'm texting somebody that's, you know, hey, coach, blah, 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 this or whatever, and then they're trying to have a conversation with me, I can't do two things at once. Like, I totally tune out, right? multitasking, overbooked schedules, people, you know, screaming messages on the media, whatever distractions we have, there are a multitude of things to really, it's hard to truly listen, isn't it? Listen to who? Listen to what? Listen when, right? Well, as one of your pastors, it's my responsibility really to encourage you, as I hear a pencil drop, good, somebody's taking notes, to remind you first and foremost, listen to God. Listen to God. Take some time out of your day, five to ten minutes. Open up his word, have him speak to you, and be quiet. Listen to God. For me, I like it on Monday mornings. I think I told you this during prayer time. Sundays I really don't do that. But this Sunday I did. I read Psalm 139. Um, Take a moment. Get my coffee, right? Go to my devotion, read that, read what it says in God's word, and then I say, God, where are you working? How can I join you? And similar to what Pastor RJ said last week, who should I encourage today, God? How do you want me to do that? It's a great prayer. It's a great way to start spiritual conversations because God wants us to listen to him. Listen and follow him. God, in fact, gives a strong command to his disciples. I want you to open up your Bibles, please. Matthew chapter 17. In Matthew 17, we're going to hear, it's a, it's a story called the transfiguration of Jesus. And in, in these scriptures, Jesus is probably up on a high mountain, several mountains around that area, but probably identified this one as a high one. It's Mount Hermon, if you look on the screen. It's highest point in modern-day Syria, over 9,000 feet tall. And yes, sometimes uh, there's snow on it. He's taking his closest followers, and, and, and Peter, James, John, right? And, and probably two years into his ministry, he's this one year before his death and his, his crucifixion. And he's, he's in a territory that, that God gave actually the Old Testament to people. But in, in Jesus' time, it's called Caesarea Philippi. And so we're going to begin in verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. How so? 
His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah. Is the resurrection real? Yes. Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses. And this is my, you know, excitement of what I think Peter is like, right? Well, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And here's what I like about this. Leave it to Peter. Maybe he's nervous. I don't know. I'm just talking that way. Maybe he's overwhelmed. Maybe he's scared. I, I don't know. But he is probably talking more than listening. How do I know? Because God interrupts his conversation. It's kind of like saying, Peter, shut up right now, okay? I'm listen, listen to me. Just be quiet. Because here in verse 5 it says, while, while he, Peter, was still speaking, what happens? A bright cloud covered them. A voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. And what? Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground terrified. But Jesus came, touched them, get up. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. God's command Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. I mean, I think it's interesting that he didn't say, you know what, follow Jesus. He didn't say worship Jesus. He didn't say obey Jesus. I mean, there could have been many commands, right, that would have been appropriate for God to say. But he said, listen to him. And I appreciate how God then allows us to continue to listen to Jesus today. How so? He let the apostles, he let people in the scriptures write down through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit his own words. And we get to open it up and listen to him regularly. And I love how the book of, of Hebrews says it because Jesus speaks to us today. In the past, Hebrews 1 says, God spoke how? To our forefathers through the prophets at many a times, and, and, and in various ways, in dreams, in visions, directly. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. It's awesome that we have the privilege of in the morning, get up. I mean, how many Bibles do you have in your house, right? With six kids and their own Bibles plus a multitude of other, I don't know, how many Bibles do you think we have in our house? 30? Wow. Pick it up. Listen. There's a cool story about listening in the Old Testament. Turn there with me. 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you remember, I'll just tell you a little bit of this story. There's a guy named Eli. He's a priest. There's a young boy named Samuel. His mom, Hannah, who couldn't conceive him, said, God, if you just let me have a kid, I'll give him to serve you in your temple. Sure enough, that happened, so he's serving in the temple. And in verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says this, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not many visions. I can't imagine what it would be like not to have God's word, right? Just to be able to pick up. But back in the day, they had to wait until a prophet of God would speak God's message in dreams or in visions. So this story then, it opens up by telling us that God wasn't speaking much, right? Families, they would offer their firstborn uh, males generally to serve at, at God's house, at God's temple. And so in verse 2, it says, One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. 
The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. I mean, this is where God promised to be, right? I'm going to be here. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am. You, you called me? And you imagine this young boy, right, obedient boy, uh, just listening to authority. Eli's going, wait, wait I didn't call you. You know, it's a story that happens a couple more times, the same thing that happens. And so finally, Eli understands what's happening. In verse 8, Eli realized what was happening. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go, lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, won't go into those details, you can read it later this week, but gives great advice to both of them. But, but here's the thing, when God speaks to you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Yet, we live in a fallen, sinful world, and we do many times just the opposite because we think we know better than God. And really what we say then is, listen, Lord, for your servant is speaking. Right? I mean, come on. God, would you just do this for me right now? Come on, don't you know what's happening in my life? Don't you know that I need this and blah, 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 and we're not being quiet before the Lord. I mean, I do it. How about you? It's hard to just sit and be quiet. And that's what we do. We're sinful. That's our human nature. But I just thank God that we have one who listens fully to God. Jesus the Christ. Right? Jesus our Savior. He listened fully on our behalf. And the living word of God, Jesus, is still alive and active and working today, working to bring those relationships that we don't even realize into fruition and being able to have spiritual conversations by noticing and praying and then listening. Because here's the truth, that there's one thing that gets in the way of our relationship with God. You know what it is? It's not listening. It's not listening to Him. We know what we should do. We don't do it. We know what God says. We ignore it. But thank God we have Jesus. Thank God we have his word. And I pray that we can just say, God, help me be like your servants in the past and say, speak, Lord. I want to listen. Give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Give me a heart that's open to hear what you want me to say. Because God wants to speak to us. And he wants us to listen. Amen? So here's the Bible's encouragement then. There's several places in the Old Testament and the New Testament. One's found in Proverbs 18, uh, verse 13. It says, he who answers before listening, what is it? It's folly and is shame. In Proverbs, in the same chapter, verse 2, it says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Wise words, huh? 
James then in the New Testament says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I say this so many times. You've heard me say it to to you as well in, in, in my preaching, right? God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? To listen twice as much as we even speak to one another. It doesn't come naturally. But you remember when I started this that we need to build our muscle memory, right? To build that, really, it isn't muscle that we're building, but it's building behaviors and changing our brain patterns to really, as your outreach pastor, evangelize with your ears. To bring Jesus into relationships, in spiritual conversations, we need to do that. We need to build that muscle memory and develop these listening ears that are ready. I mean, just think about it for a moment, right? Those of you who, who don't, those people that don't listen to you, you know they're not listening because they're not making eye contact with you. They're kind of looking over here or they're on their phones, right? As they look around the room. I know, I'm on my Bible, Pastor Tom. Yeah, okay. No, seriously, from my pastor's heart, though, preaching, it didn't happen in this church. But previous churches, right? I look out and there's... I'm going to take my sermon right now, crumble it up, and go like this and see if I... That's what I'm thinking while I'm preaching. Never came out, but then that's my sinful side. Then the other side is, Lord, bless him. He's here. At least he's here. Something's getting in his ears. Right? So it's... Okay, whatever. Um, Think about when a person doesn't listen to you. Right? How does that make you feel? But... Experts say there's three kinds of listening, okay? Half listening, word listening, active listening. What's half listening? It's when we pay attention, but we tune, like, we, we, we're, on a diff, we're on a device, we're watching TV. This happened last night to me. I come home from coaching soccer. Yeah, I got a lot of sun out in, on the, all day yesterday. And I'm like, I'm just tuning out. I'm watching whatever, the news or something. My wife's trying to talk to me. It's important, too, because we've got to figure something out with the kids. I'm half listening. Like, go on in one ear, finally turn off the TV, you know, give her my attention, right? But half, that's what half listening is. We're just, also half listening is this. We're waiting for our chance to break in. We're not really listening to what that person is, but I'm just ready to, to just tell you. I mean, how many people do that? That's hard not to do, right? Half listening, word listening. It's kind of like when we're debating, right? I'm listening to your words, and I'm going to pick apart you. I'm going to debate you to the ground, right? But, but it's just we're, we're not listening to really the heart of a person or their emotion or their body language. That, that, that's wordless. It's kind of a kid where we might just say, oh, Daddy, I'm afraid of the dark. And you say, oh, I shouldn't be afraid of the dark. There's no monsters, you know. But are we really listening to that kid, Right? Active listening, though, is ignoring distractions, right? It's focusing on the message, right? It's seeking to understand the person better, the emotions, the body language, everything. You're just in tune. And that's hard to do. I have to confess, it's hard to do. If you want to have me active listening at church, don't stop me in the hall. Just call me and we can have time in the office. Because what I'm doing is I'm trying to say hi to people. That's what extroverts do, you know. They're, hi, how you doing, Joe? Oh, hi. You know, the, you ever see me do that? All the time. I apologize now for whatever listening. I'm not active listening to you. Extroverts are just wanting to say, you know, hello to everybody. So I apologize. Forgive me, yes? yes. Thank you. I just, one person forgave me. 
So when we read then Matthew's or Mark's account, in Mark 2, it's, it says this, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. I mean, do you think God is merely saying, hey, I want you to half listen, word listen, or actively listen, right? This is my son whom I love, actively listen to him. Let what you see on the page or you hear from the pulpit or wherever else, right, go into your ears and not just make a vibration sound in your ears, but make that sound go from your ears to your heart. Right? Because God listens fully to us. He knows the words out of our mouth before we even speak them. He's listening and and we ought to be the same. Do you know that there were some missionaries back in the day, the Jesuit missionaries who would go to new locations, wherever it were, from, from Europe, right, to South America, wherever? They would not speak for six months. Only listen. I mean, these missionaries, they, they would understand the importance of why they're doing that. Why are they attempting to do that? It was intense. It was determined listening. As I became a missionary right out of the seminary, I tried to do the same thing. There's a class, I think I've mentioned this at Noticing, too, called Missionary Anthropology class. It was awesome. They said, you're going to do some participant observation. What does that mean? That means you're going to go to this place where you just look different than everybody else. You speak different. You dress different. You're going to go in, and you're not going to speak. I couldn't speak anyway. I didn't know the language very well. Enough to order a cup of coffee. In the midst of this community where I was living, 50,000 Bosnian Muslim refugees in, in the area where I lived, I went in, got a cup of coffee, and kept my mouth shut. Do you know how much I learned? I learned how men greeted men. I learned how men kind of treated women in a male-dominated culture. I learned the greeting. I learned the language. It was amazing to just observe and be silent. It's a great exercise. It's part of really actively listening and, and really this relational kind of listening. It does wonders to open up interactions between a speaker and a listener. Relational listening, where we, all we do is we don't try to change a person's opinion or behavior, but we listen and we reflect back. Is this what you mean? Is this what you said? Then I'm asking follow-up questions, right, to bring more out of them, to draw them out where they're speaking and you're just listening. Introverts are going, yeah, that's what I do. Great job. Extroverts like me, we can't shut up. Listening, though, with empathy and with sympathy. And I want to just talk about those two words for a minute. What's the difference between sympathy and empathy that you think? It all revolves around the prefix. Those two prefixes, sim and m. Sim means with, m means in. So as well-meaning as having a sympathetic ear is, empathy actually goes more, it goes deeper, it goes beyond and enters into the person's feelings and perspective to care even more deeply about that, to offer comfort and not just pat answers, not just, yeah, I know how you feel about that. No, but just sit and listen more. That's empathy. And we really, the key is to understand rather than change. Empathy seeks to understand And we understand that only God can change a human heart, right? We can't. Only God can. And there's an illustration of this dynamic in the book of Job. You remember Job? Remember what happened, the tragedies that happened to Job, that that God allows Satan to to take his family, to to get even his body all filled with all kinds of stuff. There's just friends come 
you know, and leave his life. There are lots of things that happen to Job. But here in Job chapter 2, it says these words, beginning in verse 11, when Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite, how many times did I have to practice that? Say that fast three times. As they heard about all the troubles that had come upon Job, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him, but they go beyond that. Watch. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes, and they sprinkled dust on their heads. Like, this guy is in pain. Let's be in the pain with them. That's what they're doing. That's how they, they did it in those days culturally. And they sat down on the ground with him for how many days? How many nights? And no one said a word to him. Because they saw how great his suffering was. Wow, seven days without words. Was it a waste of time? I don't think so. They showed empathy. And sometimes in our relationships, the best thing we can do, right, is simply spend time with people and listen and empathize with their hardship, with their pain, with that emotion. Amen? So then as you listen relationally, you can also, guess what, listen spiritually. One ear is relational, one is spiritual, meaning keeping one ear open to what God, the Holy Spirit, is saying to you, asking him to supply insight. Not necessarily sharing the gospel right away, right? Maybe that's the case, but just listening so that you remember the next time you have a conversation, I remember that about you. I know how God's working. This is what God said to me. Bam. Does that make sense? The goal, does that make sense? The goal when listening spiritually then is not to solve problems, not to provide answers, but to understand more deeply. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells a parable about the, the sower and the seed. You remember that one, how the seed, the word of God, falls on different types of soil? And then he, he says this, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And Jesus is inviting them, listen spiritually what I have to say. Not just the words that are coming out of my mouth, Right? And then later on, he takes the disciples, his, his 12 followers aside, and he starts to explain. And I love the way the message version says it, right? Are you listening to this, disciples? You guys that are my closest followers, are you listening? No, no, no. Are you really listening? That, that was good. Jesus wants his followers to listen well so that we might be able to share the Word of God at some point and, and be fertile soil. And then because we are fertile soil, then it's a result that fruit would come. And maybe you're going to be one of those people when you get this skill down pat that that person's going to come to you. I know you're a spiritual guy. I know you're a religious guy. Hey, what do you think about this? Right? And then you become this person in your community, in your neighborhood, in your school, whatever. I know that guy. He reads the Bible. Let's ask him. Right? Tonight, I have an opportunity uh, to go over to a Bosnian restaurant after we play futsal here. Um, there's probably going to be 15 to 20 guys, and we're going to watch the U.S. play Mexico and win the CONCACAF. You have no idea what I'm saying right now. But the point is, I will have played. Then I get to have a cold beverage. I get to have some great meat called chivapi, and I get to listen to probably six Muslim men and my son Ryan's going to be with me. We get to do that. What an opportunity to have that. Oh, what do you think, Tony? In the context of having a beer, right, what do you think about this? Well, let me tell you. 
This is what I think. I didn't tell you what I think. You're asking me what I think. It is awesome. True listening is an expression of love and kindness, not an attempt to get someone to change. I'm not going to say tonight, hey, stop being a Muslim. No, I'm not going to say that. But what I'm going to say, I'm listening, man. I feel you. I, I understand, right? Not to change their behavior, conform immediately to a certain set of beliefs. Listening, it's a demonstration of respect. That you're a guy that I, that, that, that I can say something to. I know you're listening. Relational listening. Spiritual listening. At its best, it does this. It asks, what does a person need? Rather than how can I fix this person? Or I can, how can I get past this? And, you know, I got, I got something to say to them. I know, I know here's the need. I know your need. You need Jesus. But before that... And so do I, by the way, right? But before that, we listen. And unfortunately, I think Christians, we, we tend to talk past people or at people rather than listen right away because we know their need. We want it right away. We want to tell them right away. And maybe the Holy Spirit's telling you to say that, but maybe he's not. Because Jesus said, love your neighbors. Love your neighbors as yourself. The part of loving your neighbor is actually listening, right? Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, wrote these words, the first step, the first service that, that one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. I love that. True listening. You know, wouldn't it be awesome if we were all developed that skill? And can you imagine the difference it would make in our world if followers of Jesus would speak less and listen more? To have that self-control and then maybe we're just going to be one moment away, Right? from a meaningful conversation spiritually with somebody who would never darken the doorway of our church. I hope this sermon series has been good for you. You know, um, if you're watching online and if you go home, there's things on our YouTube channel that accompany this series for, for noticing and, and praying and listening. Uh, we have opportunity that you can go through this as a small group or you can go through it individually. I just click on that uh, this week maybe and you can start practicing because really bringing Jesus into every relationship, it's just, a God, it's just allowing God to use you, right, in the lives of those with whom you're already involved. We're not asking you to go on a mission trip, although that would be great. We're not asking you to go downtown or do a VBS, but just, just practice these skills and you'll be surprised where God would lead you into relationships that you already know and I want to hear about those stories that happen. Text me, email me, whatever. I hope this series has been good for you. I know it's been great for me to be able to, to speak these words. And then as you listen, and as we listen, hopefully you've done that today a little bit, right? We listen, hey, what did you hear me communicate? We're sinners, yes? Did you hear me communicate Jesus is Savior? Yes? Listen to Jesus? Take eat, take drink, my body, my blood. Why? For the forgiveness of sins. And so as we prepare to do that, I just want you to get some quiet moments. Listen to God. Listen to what he's saying, right? Confess to him when you don't, when you ignore him, all those things, and be ready to receive.
as you have those quiet moments with God. It's my privilege to be basically his announcer of good news. That when you confess your sins to him, when you prepare your hearts to receive, he forgives all your sins. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sin from you. You're forgiven, amen?